You are Locked On Broncos, your daily podcast on the Denver Broncos, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And the Denver Broncos have taken Super Bowl 50. That's right, you are Locked On Broncos. It is time to drop some knowledge. I am Chad Jensen, the publisher of MileHighHuddle.com. I have returned, and with me is my co-host, my trusty homeboy, Luke Polglaze, a semi-pro football coach and NFL draft analyst. Luke, what's new? What's good? Hey, you, you held it down with authority yesterday. Are you ready to talk some uh, Senior Bowl? Man, I'm excited. It's draft talk. Uh, glad to get a chance to talk that, and good to have you back, partner. Yeah, sometimes you just got to drop everything to go settle your, or celebrate, I should say, your 84-year-old grandmother's birthday. You know, I mean... Family comes first, right? Or wait, no. Football is family. I don't know. That's that's what I, I have a hard time separating the two, football and family. But my wife tries to keep me in check. But listen, as a podcast, we are committed to bringing you a daily show that focuses entirely on your Denver Broncos at least five days a week. And we're not here to just report the news. We're here to do a deep dive on your favorite team. So Help us out. Retweet these episodes on Twitter. Share them on Facebook and help us spread the good word. And also go check out our work over at milehighhuddle.com. We have some killer premium Broncos content, more deep dive stuff for the Broncoholics out there. Our subscribers get 10% off on tickets, 10% off on Broncos team merchandise through Fanatics. Annual premium members get a one-year subscription to Sports Illustrated included. And also while we're on the topic of the Senior Bowl, we have a couple of guys down at the Senior Bowl covering the um, the events this week, and we are cranking out a ton of content. So if this is a topic that interests you, you're going to want to go check that out. Also, follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnBroncos. We really need each one of you to just take a quick second, open up the app on your phone, find at LockedOnBroncos, click the follow button. The home, of course, of the show is Audioboom, but make sure to subscribe also on iTunes, And if you're an Android user, I'm a big fan of the app Stitcher. We got another season in the books. Here we are. We're starting to sink our teeth into the draft. Uh, Free agency is going to be coming soon, and you're not going to want to miss a single episode. So, all right, it's Senior Bowl week. And, you know, as someone who's covered this event uh, in person, let me just say that it's an amazing experience. As an analyst, you know, not only do you get to see these phenomenal athletes up close and in person, Everyone under the NFL sun is in attendance. The food down there is fantastic, and it's fun to rub elbows with team scouts, general managers, coaches, other members of the media too, of course. And the Denver Broncos are no strangers to drafting players who do shine at the Senior Bowl. Most recently, of course, Max Garcia and Ty Sambrilo were both scouted by the Broncos in Mobile, Alabama. The irony is that the actual game isn't really what draws the scouts or the media. I mean, the media are drawn by the NFL scrutiny. So the game's not what draws the scouts and the GMs. It's the week of practices, um, the opportunity to engage with these young players personally, the weigh-ins. That's what draws everyone. By Friday, believe it or not, the vast majority of people, whether it's scouts, you know, GMs, media, are gone. When I covered the game, I flew home on a Friday. The airport was absolutely jam-packed with people leaving Mobile. I flew home, in fact, sitting on a plane full of Kansas City Chiefs scouts a day before the game was scheduled to take place, including GM John Dorsey. Why do you think that is, Luke? Why is the Senior Bowl itself, the actual game, 
almost secondary to the process. Well, part of it is, you know, the game, you can run guys through those scenarios of, you know, live fire reps. But a lot of the time you want to see how guys respond to coaching because you have plenty of game tape to see, you know, how such and such a player is going to respond to different offenses. You know, you can queue up the all 22 immediately and you've got, you know, as much as you could possibly need from their college careers of how they play the game. Uh, But, you know, what the Senior Bowl offers, what the East West Shrine game offers is that week off kind of off to the side to the media right um, it's not nearly as much fanfare but to the scouts to the coaches this is what you want um, and it's for that reason that they flock and you know I've I've been to the shrine game uh, down in St. Petersburg you know I've been just down the row from the um, you know from GMs and uh, directors of college scouting and you know to a man they will tell you that they're there for the practices right because that's when you get to see the players um, and how they respond to coaching um, how do they go through the drills how well do they pick up on what you're trying to teach them um, you know are they coachable are they sociable um, and really when you get to sit down and interview them you get a sense for their personalities you know you're not watching you know a couple pixels on a screen of all 22 anymore these are guys who you're sitting down with in front of you and you're getting to talk to them up close in person uh, and getting a feel for who they are as uh, young men so in, in that sense you've got kind of this personality aspect you've got the practice where you get to see how they respond um, on the practice field because you know people sometimes just don't realize they play you know at most excuse me at least 16 NFL games in a year that's it the other time of the year, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, they're in practice and they're in team meetings. And you get to observe them in that atmosphere ahead of time in Mobile at the, at the uh, Senior Bowl. And that's the time that's really going to dictate how they play for your team is that time that they spend on the practice field. Absolutely. And it's, it's certainly not something to, to take lightly. And that is a big part of it is just seeing how these guys, because for those of you listening who might not know, um, during the Senior Bowl, you've got the North and the South team. And each year, an NFL coaching staff will coach one of the other teams. This year, it's the Cleveland Browns coaching the South. Correct, Luke? Correct. Yep. And then you've got the Chicago Bears, John Fox and company coaching the North. And so, yeah, these these scouts, they get to see how these young seniors um, are engaging with with that NFL-level caliber coaching. And it's obviously very key in how they they view these guys and how they drop the scouting reports. But, hey, let's talk about a few offensive prospects in Mobile who are drawing some buzz this week. And we'll kind of break them down, uh, chew them up, see how they fit with the Denver Broncos. And we'll start with a guy who's been really the star of the show um, this far, Alabama tight end O.J. Howard. Now, this guy is six foot five. He weighs 249 pounds. Luke, not only is he a physical specimen, he has this skill set that NFL teams covet. And I'll let you talk about that, but we know that the Broncos have met with him. Is, is O.J. Howard a Broncos fit in your mind, Luke? Talk about the, the big crimson tide tight end. Yeah, well, I think he is really definitely an offensive threat. I mean, we've seen what he was able to do for Alabama, um, both you know in line as a blocker and split out wide uh, as a receiver too. I mean, he had you know two long touchdown catches in the last two national championships. This is not something that you want to look down on uh, by any means. He can get behind the defense. He has that kind of speed for a tight end, and he can make you pay. Now, on the flip side, he's also physical. 
the kind of downside here is he's struggling with these kind of contested catches on tape. Um, he's played well so far uh, through the week of practice at the Senior Bowl. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he responds to coaching. Um, obviously, he's got Coach Saban trawling the sidelines there in a suit, but how he responds to coaching from the NFL uh, coaches as opposed to his college coaches. Another guy, another tight end drawing some positive buzz is Evan Ingram out of Ole Miss. And by the way, again, I want to remind you, Scout Media's coverage of the Senior Bowl is top-notch, and we're funneling all of it um, through milehighhuddle.com. One of my guys on the ground there tells me that he had to wait to talk to Ingram on day one because the Broncos were talking to him first. Now, Ingram's a, a little bit smaller than Howard, checks in at six foot three, 236 pounds, why do you think the Broncos might be interested in this kid, Luke? What does he bring to the table? Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, the meat market, as it's known, when the players come out in underwear and you know they get measured with their hand and arm and all you know height and weight, all which that, which is just uh, bizarre, by the way. When you're there in person, it really is freaking bizarre. It is kind of this surreal moment uh, to just see these guys get weighed in like so many you know meat market, like so many cattle. Um, at the meat market, Evan Ingram at the weigh-in, he had a great weigh-in. Um, 6'3 and 236 is both bigger than I was really expecting to get out of him. And he's kind of been slapped with this tweener label of we're not sure if he's a wide receiver and we're not sure if he's a tight end. That weight is a great number for him because it, it tells teams, all right, okay, we can we can start to think about this guy as a tight end and this weight is going to kind of fall in line with that. Um, I think there's room to bulk him up and I think he can continue to keep the speed that he has. Uh, so I think he can be a dangerous vertical threat um, and he's obviously going to have some refinement to do as a blocker um, given that he played wide receiver kind of position a lot. Uh, he's not dissimilar to a guy like Jimmy Graham in that sense, hmm. um, that he can be a threat catching the ball, but he needs a lot of work on his blocking so he's a pass catching threat got a lot of work to do uh, in the trenches well hey that's what nfl coaching is for and oddly enough that's what the book was on virgil green coming out of nevada back in 2011 is this is a pass catching guy and then he ends up turning into one of the better blocking tight ends in the nfl so you never know what's in store for these young guys when they take to the nfl how they take to coaching. So it'll be interesting to see the trajectory Evan Ingram has uh, in the pros. Now, moving on, though, look, there's no question the Broncos are in the market for some blue-chip offensive line talent. Western Kentucky's left tackle, Forrest Lamp, is a guy um, who's earned some praise in Mobile before he fell victim to a high ankle sprain, which makes it unlikely that he's going to play in the actual game. And it's unfortunate um, because... You know, this is a guy who's worked hard, he's he's uh, generated the invite, but he's still sticking around uh, throughout the week of practice. A lot of guys, when they get banged up or hurt at the Senior Bowl, they just haul ass and leave. Not the case for Lamp. He's going to stick around and soak it all in, continue to work with and at least observe NFL coaching and hopefully be back in time to compete. One thing I noticed about him, Luke, is that it looked like the Hugh Jackson-Brown staff moved him inside to guard in the the day or so he was able to actually compete. He is only six foot four, he's three hundred and five pounds. This is another guy the Broncos have met with, keep in mind. Do you like Forrest Lamp Luke as an interior fit possibly for the Broncos? Yeah, well, Forrest Lamp is kind of the buzzy name so far this year at the Senior Bowl. And even going into that, it's not often that you see guys from Western Kentucky getting this much buzz. I mean, Denver's no, obviously no stranger to Western Kentucky. They took Quantara Smith, the pass rusher, out of Western Kentucky a few years back. But Ooh, yeah. the 
the rest of the NFL doesn't really have that many hilltoppers floating around. Um, I do think Forrest Lamp is a guy who can play at the next level, and I think he's going to be a first-round pick, quite honestly. Uh, you know, College tackles getting moved inside to guard are automatically going to draw the comparison to Zach Martin for the Cowboys out of Notre Dame. But Forrest Lamp, he held his own against Bama um, when they played. He's got great technique. I really think that he's going to be a stud guy at the next level, and I'm kind of bummed, quite honestly, that we're not going to see him play on Saturday. I was really looking forward to getting to watch him at guard. Um Obviously, you know, injury dependent, he could still play, but man, shut it down. Don't risk it. Just, you know, you've done your job. You're there. You're still there for interviews and just get out of there and go home without any further injury. Yeah. Props to him for choosing to stick around instead of just leaving town. Now, do you remember Bruce Banner, the Hulk, the big green guy? How about Zach Banner, USC six foot nine left tackle? This is an enormous human being, Luke. And you know, he says one of the things he's been working on is his weight. He's lost some weight. A guy that I trust liked some of the the physical gifts he saw Banner put on display. But is he a guy who you could see feasibly in Denver? Talk about Zach Banner. Well, first of all, this is a big, big, big guy. I mean, he weighed in at 300 and I believe 61 pounds. That's a lot of that's a lot of weight. Um, and it's literally he, a Hulk. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, he reminds me a lot of a guy last year um, in Denver, Kirkland, who was 6'4", 335, um, which is to say he's big and he can't move all that well. His movement skills to me are a major issue and he's going to have to lose a lot of that weight if he, you know, even may if, if, if he wants to get picked before day three. Mm. I mean, he has some issue with movement, with speed. Um you know, big guys, uh, uh, to me at this point, big guys coming into the NFL are kind of a liability at times. Denver Kirkland has struggled with Oakland, um, and I really I, – I need to see a lot of weight loss from Zach Banner um, to see if he can kind of recover some agility. But he's he's in a bad spot with his weight right now. Denver Kirkland's struggles could be chalked up to the football gods just saying to Oakland, what are you doing drafting a guy whose first name is Denver? Who knows? Now, Western Michigan's Taylor Moten, this guy's six foot five. He's another big boy, 330 pounds. Just looking at some of his film, and, and, you know, quick disclaimer, I am no scouting expert when it comes to breaking down film. I'm not someone who labels himself as a draft nick. But Moten looks like he projects, um, you know, more, as more of a right tackle in the pros. He's big, could likely do some damage, though, on the ground in the power run scheme. Talk about Taylor Moten out of Western Michigan. Yeah, well, when you talk about weight, 6'5", 330, that's a lot better. Um, I do think the NFL is going to get him to lose a little bit more weight, um, and I do think he's going to project more as that right tackle. He's kind of the more the prototypical right tackle mauling type, um, you know, where the left tackle is the pass blocker and the right tackle is the run blocker. Moton is going to be your guy. Uh, obviously, Western Michigan had a lot of success this year under coach P.J. Fleck, and I think Moton has, you know, really been kind of underratedly um, a big part of that success from what he's been able to do on that line. Now, moving on uh, to some skill positions, one guy I want to talk about, Jamal Williams out of BYU. Now, very interesting prospect, six foot, 211 pounds. Uh, he's BYU's fourth leading rusher of all time. The Broncos could use a little help at running back, I think. Another young stud to kind of groom alongside Devontae Booker. This is a guy, Luke, I know you really wanted to talk about. What are your thoughts on Jamal Williams and what he's done at the Senior Bowl thus far? 
Yeah, well, he has really stood out at the Senior Bowl. Um, he had a good weigh-in, I think, at six uh, six foot two eleven. Um, to me, what's interesting is he doesn't run like he's two eleven. I think he was a little bit closer to two twenty during the season. And yeah, I know that this is kind of draft nerd territory. Oh well, you know, ten pounds. What kind of a difference does that make? Um, well, he has the speed. Um, of a guy who weighs 200, I've seen it said, and the power of a guy who weighs 220. This is a guy who can run past you and run through you. Um, he's got excellent patience, excellent footwork. I mean, this guy is already reading gaps at an NFL level. Um, I do think he needs some refinement to be a third down back, to be an every down back. But um, Eric Trickle over at Mile High Huddle, um, he's got him, you know, a guy we both know and love. Um, he's got him in his top five running backs already. So he's a he's a late riser kind of in this draft process. He's not got the star-studded power of like a Dalvin Cook or Leonard Fournette, but I do think he's going to be an NFL back for some time to come. Um, I actually had the question asked to me on Twitter earlier today. Um, a lot of BYU guys, obviously, with missions, come back at a little bit older. He's right. only 22, so he's still young. Yeah, but he's a guy to keep an eye on, too, as we head into the uh, combine to see how he performs there. Now, real quick, I want to talk about quarterbacks uh, before we get out of here. Of course, Colorado Cepho Lufau started off the Senior Bowl, uh, the practices, as the bottom guy on the depth chart, number three, um, on John Fox's North team. He's six foot three, he's 240 pounds. Many of our listeners are, are in all probability, CU Buffs fans. Luke, I know it's your alma mater, rooting for Lufau. One guy said, um, watching the, the practices in person, comparing arm strength with some of the other quarterbacks on the North team, that Lufau was markedly weaker, which I thought was interesting. It's highly unlikely the Broncos take a quarterback at all, but especially in the top five rounds. What are your thoughts on this kid, Luke? Yeah, well, Lufau is an interesting character because, you know, for several years in uh, in um, Colorado, the team struggled so much. I know I've been through some pretty rough years as a Buffs follower um, that I didn't think that he was going to have a shot at the NFL. And I always thought, you know, he had a couple tools that I think could be used at the next level. Now, one of those is that he does hang tough under pressure. He's willing to step up and deliver the pass, even if he's going to get blasted. Um, but you know, the biggest reason that I think these NFL teams are really taking a long look at Sefo Lufau is because of his intangibles. I mean, the kid's a leader. He started four, you know, four-year starter, um, and he may not have the biggest arm, but he can read the field somewhat well. He's a mobile passer. So they're going to look at him and say, all right, well, we can mold him into something. We like his intangibles, his leadership ability, his ability to play through injury. We like that. We want that on our team. Now, I think the flip side on the north side, uh, or on the north roster, um, you've got a guy in Nate Peterman, uh, the guy out of Pitt. Um, he's really kind of turning some heads now in a weak quarterback class. I think he's going to get drafted a lot higher than he normally would. Um, he's kind of a guy that you're going you're gonna to look at and say, okay, well, he's, he's too cautious uh, for me coming out right now. I think he needs to be a little bit more aggressive, um, not hold on to the ball so much. Sometimes he needs to take those risks, um, push those balls in, um, and really kind of see what he can get out Um and now, you know, this is the nice part about the Senior Bowl is you're always going to have those guys that you're wondering, you know, okay, who, who's this guy? Where'd he come from? Um, on the South roster, Antonio Pipkin went to Division II school Tiffin, <laughs> you know, a school I'm sure nobody has ever heard of until now. So I'm going to be very interested to see what a guy like him can pull out um, in this game where he's playing with talent, you know, far above what he's used to playing with and against. I'm going to be very interested to see what a guy like Antonio Pipkin out of Tiffin is going to pull out of his hat. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the first one to say I'd never heard of that school. 
Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he progresses uh, and how he performs in his opportunities in the game. Well, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Tomorrow we're going to break down some of the defensive notables from the Senior Bowl, so be sure to tune in. And follow the show, Locked On Broncos, on Twitter. You can find Luke in the Twitterverse, at Luke Polglaze, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. We want to hear from you. We love hearing from you, so keep hitting us up. Check out the other killer podcasts on the network. Check out especially Locked On NFL Draft and Locked On NFL as well. And don't forget to subscribe. For Luke, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Mile high huddle. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.